The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. 15-3 in the Atlantic 10, a supreme performance uh, for the season from this team. And at times against George Washington, they were fantastic tonight. But man, they had some. They had a, they had a real bad spell at the end, but they overcame it and they won. So for those of you out there that still believe that VCU can get an at-large bid if they get to the A10 final, well, they didn't. They didn't torpedo that today. VCU wins. It wasn't it was at times fantastic? I mean, when they when they pulled away in the second half and Shriver hit all those threes, it was marvelous. Also, shout out to VCU fans that got up there, however they got up there, whether they took the Metro, whether they drove up there and stayed in the hotel. You heard the announcer. You heard the announcer saying that he saw a lot of VCU fans tailgating. I love it. Chris Conway, thank you very much for for tuning in whenever you tune in. We really appreciate it. And uh, it was really enjoyable to hear the VCU chants and hear the VCU fans when they were really rolling in this game, and then they made a complete and utter mess of it. RIP anybody that had VCU minus seven. Uh, that'd make you give up gambling, something like that. Anyway, welcome to Rams Rewind. Live here in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Out there in podcast land, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you like what you hear and you want to help us out, shoot us a little dinero. There is a link to the PayPal to donate to, us, to, donate to us and our podcast. We really appreciate it all year, the help you've given us, the, the love you've shown us by doing that, uh, and we just thank you for that. Yes, Shriver was <coughs> Shriver heated up at the right time and looked to have put this game away, basically. And again, those threes, these aren't forced, terribly contested shots. They're open threes, context to the offense, you know, Square to the basket, going in. Great. But we got to talk about, one of the things we got to talk about, and we'll get to that, Daniel Carter, because you're right, is that Ace Baldwin, he made the free throws at the end, which is great. He was 6 of 8 from the foul line. We'll take that. But the only reason this game got close at the end is that Ace Baldwin continued to shout, to, to force things and to try to take shots and score when he didn't need to. When he was facilitating, this offense was cooking. It's seven assists tonight and just three turnovers. And when he didn't shoot the ball, this offense was fantastic. Everybody else on the team combined, 24-43. Seriously, that's wonderful. Base Baldwin's 0 for 9. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to see him with more field goal attempts and assists. Because to me, it's most of the time it's going to be trouble. 
Most of the time, it's going to be trouble. And and Keith Lewis, yes. Uh, eight consecutive road wins. Eight and one on the road in conference play after going 0 for 2 in true road games in the non-conference, losing the first conference road game. That's the other thing. You're talking about not, not thinking we're going to be here in December, Bradley Heath. Hands up anybody that thought they were going to win the rest of their road games after they got smacked around up in Pittsburgh against Duquesne. Huh. Not me. Uh, just just an absolutely outstanding performance that. 15-3. and three. You can't argue with that. Tremendous. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. And I know they've had to show a lot of grit on the road. You're absolutely right, Jason Hutto. They've needed some some magical performances. Aces 37 in St. Louis. Jaden Nunn's 31 in, in Philadelphia against the, against the Hawks. All that sort of thing. All that sort of thing, yes. But again, it's it's when they play good. It's not just when they play good defense, which they did for a good portion of that second half until they let things get a little bit away from them. But it's being solid on offense and being smart. Now, let's start with what Daniel Carter said. They came out of the locker room, and again, I was coming back from getting my phone that had been had been messed up for a week now, and and they were they were just on it from the get go. They were right after it. And Brandon Johns, I don't know what he had at halftime because unfortunately, with the live scoring here, they don't give you half by half individual stats. But Johns got rolling, and you're absolutely right, Corey Parrott. He has come through. In a lot of ways, first half he was frustrating because he was not only missing free throws, he was getting all those shots around the rim and couldn't make any of them because he was just not going tough enough and hard enough. His second half, I mean, magnificent. And yes, Bruce Stevenson, the rebounding. Johns ends up with 10 rebounds, which ties Maximus Edwards for the lead for the game. And VCU, by the way, Wins the rebounding battle, 35-29, and let's see here. 10-9 on offensive rebounds, even though they lose second-chance points. So, yeah, and that's the thing. Johns has that three, and he hit one, and, and, that, and that makes it very difficult for the defender, but it's his ability to put the ball on the floor. The only thing is he's got to get to the rim and finish with authority more, and he comes through and does it in the second half. He gets the big dunk when they had the huge run, to at least apparently just completely put this game away. And then how about the play at the end for Brandon Johns? Gets that ball on the outside, thinks about a three, which would have been a mistake, puts it on the floor because he's so good at that. And and you saw it. Maximus Edwards didn't want to get dunked on. Dean's got four fouls, so he can't do but so much. And he jams it down to put this thing to bed, thank goodness. Because again, it was kind of it's kind of scandalous that a this team didn't get eighty when they were when they were rolling on offense until the final you know six minutes of the game, five minutes of the game, and b that GW even had a chance to get close. Um, so that's you know that's kind of annoying too. But let's also talk about this because you know this has been something that we've seen a lot of lately. We saw it plenty of times during their win streak last year. VCU trailed for all, and I'm trying to find it because they usually have it on here. Uh, VCU trailed for all of like a minute 
No, excuse me, not even a minute. VCU trailed for 20 seconds. Hunter Dean gets the first basket of the game. VCU responds, I think, with two ace ball and free throws. That's it. VCU leads for 36 minutes and 52 seconds. Again, that's what you're looking for on the road. That's what you're looking for on the road. Yeah, that was some flashbacks, Bruce Stevens, in some of the 2021 games when they'd have a game one and then make a complete and utter mess of it. You know, and they and just and what it was is that they were they were like they would get into the paint area, but they wouldn't get all the way to the rim, and they were they were taking contested shots, and they were probably one pass short, but they were just missing some shots they shouldn't. Uh, let's also say this: great defensive effort on James Bishop, and it was as predictable as the sun coming up in the morning. You knew he was going to force stuff in the second half. Yeah, he gets 14 points. He took 14 shots to get him. Adams gets 14 points. He took 13 shots to get him. You know, I mean, that that's the thing. When you look at this box score for George Washington, this is what says it all here. So Dean and Blindo, who hurt us big in the first half, 10 for 14. The rest of them are 15 for 42. Seriously. That's what you want. And that includes their two best players, 15 of 42. I mean, VCU, except for that run at the end, they kind of wiped GW out offensively. Remember, this team averages in the high 70s, and they had to put a big run together just to get to 68. And that's the other thing, too. VCU, 13 assists on 24 made baskets. That's pretty close to what I'm looking for. I just need ace. To remember that he is the facilitator. Yes, you've had that game in St. Louis. You've had other great games where you shot the ball. But you have to be under control. And you have to be setting everybody up. Because as I say time and time again, if you think of your teammates, it eventually will come back to you. It may not be this game. It may be another game. And you want an example of that? Jameer flipping Watkins in the first half, who had all 11 points in the first half and was under control and was not, you know, not driving in just just willy-nilly crazy into the lane. No, he was when he was driving, he was doing it with purpose and he was doing it under control. He makes three out of four. He makes four or five from the foul line. He un- unbelievably he didn't have his normal rebounds like he did, but he still made some plays in the second half for him. And I love what Jameer Watkins did in the first half. And it was absolutely vital because Dean and Lindo were giving us trouble because we were just determined not to let Adams and Bishop eat us up. And we really needed that Watkins production. Uh, Let's talk about Jalen Deloach because along with Brandon Johns, when Jalen Deloach was on the floor, they couldn't handle him. 11.7 rebounds. Dean, Lindo, Noel Brown, their entire front line had four fouls. And my only annoyance is that they didn't flip and get them guys out of the game. They did not flip and get them guys out of the game, and they needed you to do that. When you got an opportunity to foul some people out, you got to do it. You have to do it because, you know, they can come back and bite you. But, again, you would have had a situation if you could have got them out of the game, you would have had a tiny front line, and you could have just gone to Johns and Deloach all day, and they just couldn't handle them. So 28 between those two. Four guys in double figures again. And here's the kicker. Four guys in double figures. Not Ace Baldwin, not Jaden Nunn, 
not Nick Kern. You know, seriously, that's why VCU has done what they've done this year. That's why VCU's done what they've done this year because they it is not going to be the same guy every night. It doesn't have to be. It does. It doesn't have to be Ace. They've now won two games this year where Ace didn't make a field goal. He was 0 for 10 at Rhode Island, and he was 0 for 9 tonight. And unlike Rhode Island, where they needed a miracle at the end, this one they had it all the way. They just got a little bit. It got a little bit froggy there towards the end. Now let me see. I'm going to find paint points because in the first half, Doug Hines, I'll agree with you. In the first half, our paint defense wasn't great. But remember, the reason it wasn't. We were not going to let Adams get loose. We were not going to let Bishop get loose. And to be fair to both of them, instead of chucking up stuff and forcing things, they got the ball to Dean and Lindo, who, who were open and had plenty of room, and Dean and Lindo were finishing shots. But in the second half, they barely got the ball. And I cannot find paint points for the life of me, which is getting on my nerves. This live scoring is so bad that they have. Um, it's ridiculous. Okay. Actually, GW wins paint points, and that's the other thing. Usually, VCU not winning paint points 36 to 30. They lose it 36 to 32. That'd be trouble, but it wasn't in this case. He, John O'Neill, he did. Ace, most of your really terrible shots from this offense today were coming from Ace. None had a few. You know, uh, uh, Zeb had one. Most of these were coming from Ace. I mean, look, over 50% without him. The other guys, as I said before, 24 for 43 with, with him. Uh, and I don't disagree with you about the timeouts, Jason Hutto, but one of the reasons he didn't take a timeout during that big run is that there, the, the immediate timeout came right in the middle. So that should have settled VCU down. It didn't. And that's the frustrating thing. But seriously, that that was th – this, this is, again, this shows you – how good this team can be because they don't have to have Ace or Jaden go crazy to win. They don't. They don't have to. Two of them tonight, two for 15, 10 points. We're supposed to lose when that happens, right? Not hardly. And that's what, if they can get to this NCAA tournament, if they can win in Brooklyn, that can make them dangerous. Also, let's give a call out to Nick Kern tonight, even though, you know, he was in rhythm early and I thought he was going to go great guns and then he had to sit a while with the fouls and that took him out of it uh, three for three, though, from the field. And, and yes, Doug Hines, that's right. Johns and the Loach, they should have been feeding them more. They couldn't stop either one of them. And you shouldn't have – you should not have a five-minute stretch like that. So, they've done it. The season is over. And what a season. What a season. Considering, considering how things started out, considering some of the frustrations in non-conference play that we had, let's, let's give them all the praise for this record. I believe that is, let's see if they counted the GW win. Okay, so it's 24-7, 15-3. Tremendous. Now it's Brooklyn. No excuses, Mike Rhodes. you got to go up there and win three games. And you've helped yourself today because that's the other thing I want to talk about. GW's dangerous because Bishop can drop 30 on anybody and Adams can drop 25 to 30 on anybody. And if they're having a night where they're making them, sometimes you can't do diddly squat about it. 
And what did VCU do today? By winning this game, they put GW in the other side of the bracket. So that might happen to St. Louis. That might happen to Dayton. And that's just fine and dandy if it does. Let that happen to them. And that's the thing. The way this is setting up, in my mind, I feel like it's setting up fairly well. St. Louis in the semifinal, if, that, if it gets to that, could be trouble. We still don't know who our 8-9 is yet because that's going to depend on the Davidson game tonight. We know one of them will be Davidson or St. Bonaventure because LaSalle messed that game up with St. Loyola tonight. And had they won, we could have maybe gotten St. Joe's LaSalle. We're not going to get that. So Davidson or St. Bonaventure will be in that 8-9. We just don't know which at this point. But I like the way things are starting to shape up for us. we got to go there and win and win this tournament. We've got to go there and win and win this tournament. And if we don't, um, it's, it, it ought to, there ought to be some really heavy criticism going, going the way of Mike Rhodes and his coaching staff or not. Because let's give him credit to come from where they were. You know, December was not good. You know, they lost that Jacksonville game after losing to Temple. And then, as we talked about, their next five games, they really didn't play well. They really they won, but they really didn't play well in any of them. You know, maybe Northern Illinois, but Northern Illinois looked like one of the worst teams in the country at the time, even though they turned excuse me, they turned around in conference play. And then came the Duquesne game that we've talked about a lot. And it's been different since, and they gotta do a great job. Bruce, I don't want to play St. Bonaventure because the coaching matchup is not great. It's not great because Mark Schmidt has has done it to Mike Rhodes a few times. However, I watched St. Bonaventure lose today to UMass. They had that three-game run. They haven't been any good since. And VCU, if it has to be St. Bonaventure in that quarterfinal, VCU ought to be able to take care of them. They are not in good form. They haven't been a good team away from home pretty much this entire season. I, I still can't explain them sweeping the Commonwealth, the capital of the Commonwealth, then beating Dayton, and then what's happened since. I can't explain that. Uh, I believe that is right, John O'Neill. Although, mm, I'm not actually, I'm not sure about that 26 wins. In, in our case, I mean, that is what we have. If they, win, if they win the first two and then lose the final, we'd be 20, 26 and 8, 26 and 8, and that'd be interesting if that's what happens. Um, also, that you haven't had a regular season A-10 champ left out for a long time, too. Well, we don't know, Ryan Thompson. We don't know. That's what's going to be interesting. We may have to play SLU in the semifinal if we get there. But they got a, they got George Mason to worry about. So, And if they play George Mason, it's going to be a tough game for St. Louis. I, like I say, I, I think they're, I think the chance for anarchy on the other side is big. Duquesne and GW, I mean, their variance is big, but their good is good enough to beat a Dayton or a Fordham. And that's, and, that's, um, and that's something that should be thought about. And again, who knows? The way this year's gone... Don't count on a pillow fight team not pulling an upset or two or even three. Don't count on that. Don't count on that. I mean, excuse me, don't count against that is what I should say. Because, look, Rhode Island, 
Who's there to be in that pillow fight? He just jumped up and bit somebody. Richmond did it. Beat St. Louis. Uh, you know, St. Bonaventure, who could still fall into the pillow fight, although they probably won't, but they could. <coughs> They've jumped up and bit people. This That's the nature of this conference this year. Um, so, for me, I like our position, and I like where things are sitting. I think putting GW in that other side of the bracket could end up being a real benefit to us. We'll see. Could be wrong about that. Maybe they go. Maybe they go splat in the second round against the eleven against the eleven fourteen winner. I don't know. It almost happened last year. Richmond almost lost to freaking um, whoever it was. I think it was Duquesne was fourteen, and they almost lost to him. And then, of course, we know what happened against us. So Thursday, eleven thirty a.m. I am transitioning into a new job. So I am not too sure about the chances of a live video in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, in the good, the bad, and the ugly group. Uh, if that is what ends up happening, I will either rewatch or re-listen, depending on depending on my situation, and give you a podcast that will be out Friday. And of course, we have Friday off, which that kind of helps. That kind of helps things a little bit. And then hopefully. If we get past Thursday and we're playing Saturday, that's not going to be a problem to do a live thing. So 11.30 a.m., if you're going up there and if you're going to be up there for that game on Thursday morning, got to be loud, VCU fans. You got to provide the energy because, again, that is you know it's going to be a half. It's going to be a half-empty, quarter-empty arena as the first games of those days usually are. So the VCU fans that can get off and go up there, go up there and make a racket. Be as noisy as you can because this team's going to need it. They're going to need that juice and energy. We've played some early games this year, but we haven't played a lot. Certainly not, to me, not as many as we've played in the past. It feels like we didn't have but a, a, a one or two noon tips this year. And now that you know, now that I say that, I'm going to look and see. But it feels like, okay, Temple was 1 p.m. and that was a Sunday. Davidson was noon and we dropped all them threes on them. And, yeah, we have not had a lot of tips that early this year, just those two. So, for me, <coughs> so for me, the VCU fans that are going to be there, give that arena some energy because we're going to need it. Because let's face it. This team's lost that game as a one seed before. And we've seen it in this, we've seen it in this conference tournament season. Southern Miss went down today as a one seed. UNC Asheville almost, you know, they kind of looked vulnerable as a one seed against Charleston Southern. They're in the final now. And there's been a few other ones that have kind of had a struggle. So you gotta, you, you just, you've got to be ready for that. You've got to be ready for that. And that's the thing. It's going to be interesting to see because it is going to be a bit of a change of the routine. I'm going to be interested to see how they handle it and how Rhodes handle it. And unfortunately, you are correct, sir. Mike Rhodes' record, I've said it before and I'll say it again, one postseason win away from the Seagull Center. That must change. So, you know, he's got to look at the things that they've done preparation-wise and maybe change it up a little bit. And see uh, what they can do, and see you know 
and see how they can get this team ready. I mean, they won the Davidson game when they tipped at noon. They lost the Temple game when they tipped at one. So that's tough. That that's real. That was that's 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 the situation. So they haven't had enough of time in those kind of situations. So Thursday, probably not going to be here live. Going to give you a podcast later. Hopefully, you know, we'll never know. We, we, it depends. Like I said, I'm transitioning to a new job on Monday, so we'll see what happens. And then hopefully next Saturday in the semifinal, that's not going to be a problem at all, and we'll be able to do that, and then hopefully Sunday too, if they can make it Sunday. So that's the plan. Also, and I haven't told my producer this, so I'm going to tell him as soon as I get off here with you. Uh be on the lookout. There will be an A-10 tourney preview. We are efforting a guest on that. I'm pretty sure we're going to get somebody. That That's probably going to be Tuesday. That's probably going to be Tuesday. I'm looking to record it Monday night. So be on the lookout for that. We'll have that. BCU by the numbers. I'm planning that on Wednesday. I'm going to plan that on Wednesday. BCU by the numbers to get us ready for the conference tournament as well. Thank you, and, I want to, and once again, if you're not a member of the BCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, please join us because of those things, because the live videos when we have them, the, the you know, VCU by the numbers, uh, Sunday night when all the tournaments are set, because tomorrow is the doggone, um, oh, I'd love to have Brandon Rosell, but it's not him. Um, when all the tournaments are set, we'll give you the whole our whole situation with all our non-conference opponents, what seeds they are, who they are playing, what round, all that stuff. And of course, in some cases, some of our non-conference opponent seasons are finished, like poor old Navy, who went down the toilet at home to American as the two seed. Ouch. And Radford got beat in the last two seconds in the semifinals by a seven-seeded team today. Campbell, ouch. Why couldn't Campbell have done that last year when VCU played him? So all that's coming up next several days. We got a lot of stuff in the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. That's why we're out there. If you're listening in podcast land, thank you as always. Of course, this will be out Sunday, hopefully before uh, the game start on Sunday. And again, if you want to shoot some dinero because you like this podcast and you want to help us out, we really appreciate it. Thank you all for watching. Yes, and that's right. Kennesaw State going for the Atlantic Sun title tomorrow. Go Owls. Go Owls. Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening in podcast land. As always, I appreciate your comments in both the game threads and in the live video. Have a good night, everybody. Hopefully see you, you know, probably Friday with just a podcast, and hopefully Saturday in the semifinal. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.